Um, turning now to, to your work. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the questions, and I don't know if this... I'm very interested in looking at your body of work and seeing what the connections are. Now, we talked about vocabulary or the music and how, but what other connections do you see in all of your body of work? That's difficult, really, to say. My, my, my connection, basically, what I think is that I think my work is pretty understandable. People really like it. I try not to be very elitist. The theater does, you know, and I don't try to be like TV or anything. But I'm continuing to try to experiment with, for example, narrative. How do you, do you, you can do narrative as solo, because solo is very closely related to the short story. But a play is not TV. You know, the closest play would be, um, would be um, the, what is the name of that, um, uh, not Vatican, but, um, oh, I can't remember it. The very 1837, um, um, Wojciech, and it has 28 scenes. So it's very close to, to a movie, even though there weren't movies, you uh -huh. know, really uh -huh. then. Mm -hmm. uh, so some of the stuff that I call like the, the occupation dramas were really in experiments in how do you create a narrative, shorter scenes moving through. Uh, plays. Then I did the Brontes for years and years, and it's about the aesthetic. It's about a five-hour play about these three genius women that I thought was for, that were really lopped off in the Moors. But it was also about about aesthetics. So in one sense, the thing that unites my work is the continued trying, uh, continued exploration of what the theatrical medium really is. You know, how is it, you know, the well-made play, what is that? And why have we been stuck with it even in the movies, you know? Even the movies have that, you know, 30, 90, 120-page well-made play things and lets you go to Pulp Fiction, which breaks all the rules, you know, and things like that. Uh, theater, in that way, that's what I've continued to do. And then the other one, without, the reason I preface this about that is that I don't want it to seem that I'm really abstract, but... What I think theater ought to be is a mind-altering experience, not just an intellectual observation and nudge, nudge, wink, wink, I get it. It's the idea of going, wow, uh, I see something differently than I, I had seen it before. You know, I remember the Christo Fence uh, way back when, the, what is it, in the 70s? Uh, through Marin County, and those big, those big fence, that big fence of canvas that oh, went there. Oh, right. right, yes. Well, yes, that, yes. that was a mind-altering experience, because then all of a sudden, I could see that sen fences sing all through the hills. I could see them go up and down and down and up these, these wonderful sine waves and sawtooth waves of fences. Uh, or, you know, uh, Rothko's work uh, with this kind of abstract expressionism, suddenly you see the beauty beauty of uh, what I love, graffiti. I love graffiti. I've taken thousands of pictures of these unknown artists. And uh, I think I appreciated that from Rothko and from the abstract expressionists. Mm -hmm. I can take a section of that. Well, why can't we do that also in theater? Why do we constantly have to do the other thing in, in, in theaters? So I feel like what I want to do is to change such as the one I'm doing now in the Whitman piece. I want to give people a buzz and a lift and feel good. I want them to go, this is a transcendent area of life that you live in. And that's the third element, I think, that connects my work. And that is the experiences that I've had that have come 
unexpected moments of grace that these high experiences that people have every once in a while, like, wow, the blazing experience of reality. I don't even know what it is, but I know I see it. It's actual. Uh, we used to call it the actualist convention during back in the Blake Street, Hawkeye's Day. And, and when you suddenly look around, it isn't a cultural phenomenon. It isn't anything. It's just what it is. The simplicity, that Zen look at the re of reality, that is the thing I, I feel really good about. And it's the thing I want to create more and more in my theater as I get older. It's like, no, it's not about anything. It is the thing itself, you see? And so it's like, what's it about, you know? I don't know, what's the taste of a banana about, you know? The potassium therein contained. So I think that's what connects me a lot. I just have two more questions. One is, um, what advice would you offer young people who are interested in theater playwriting, that sort of thing? It depends what they want to do. If they want to, they, right now, uh, theater is still doing its work. There are plenty of organizations, the Bay Area Playwrights Festival and, and very pro-playwright organizations, which are really good and really help the playwright. My direction is a maverick. I've always been a maverick, you know, um, just that's, I came from that, you know, lower class kind of thing, so I never was, I had to go and make it myself. I really love people to get together and make it themselves, whether whatever thing they want to hang it on, if it's political, if it's identity, uh, whether it's just craziness. Whether it's like I like to do various versions of the color red. I think that people have to start getting it done for the fun of it. The true word amateur means one who loves, loves doing it. it. Yes, yes. And I think truly come back and stop getting this paranoia about how many of audiences you have, whether the critics come, and begin by saying, you know, I'm not going to pass through this phase. This phase is where I begin. And, and not to think like, oh, the avant-garde is, a, you know, my youth. It's like, no, just keep creating. But don't let the big organizations drum you out of existence. You know, the one part of America is if you don't get paid for it and you do it on your own, then do what you want. <laughs> 